Uh, if you'll take your Bibles and let's turn to Revelation chapter number 22, the book of the Revelation chapter 22. And Lord willing, this is going to be our last in this series of messages. It's not really a series, but it became a series. I had not intended on preaching a series from here, but nevertheless, we, uh, we have looked at some things uh, that are yet to come. And uh, this morning, we pick up here in Revelation chapter number 22, uh, where we left off at. We, before we left town on vacation, we saw chapters 21 and 22 that some great changes are coming on the horizon. Yeah, they're, they're, God's going to dissolve the old heaven that we see along with the old earth. It's never going to be remembered again. He's going to dissolve it. And then God's going to make a new heaven, a new earth, and a new Jerusalem, a beautiful city, a large city. And it's made especially for us. Revelation 21, verse number 5, says that he that sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And what a blessing that is. He's going to make all things new. Now, this last chapter of the Holy Scriptures are God's final words to us as the canon of Scripture closes here. The last word in the Old Testament is the word curse. Malachi 4.6 And he shall turn the heart of their fathers to the children and the heart of their children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. We know from what Scripture teaches that sin does bring a curse, doesn't it? Sin brings a curse in our lives. But I like what Revelation 22 verse 3 says here. It says, And there shall be no more curse. I want you to think about that. The curse is why we have all the bad things in the world that we have. Sin really brought the curse. Sin is the reason, but the curse is the uncomfortable stuff that we go through. The sicknesses, the deaths, the... Uh, the things that are hard to take, those come because of the curse. Uh, I like what it says here that there's going to be no more curse. Think about that. No more curse because sin and everything it has defiled will have been obliterated and taken out of the way. What a blessing. And to be replaced by that which is totally undefiled. I believe there are some other particular things that God would have us to notice here in this chapter as we wrap up talking about the things yet to come. I want us to pick up reading in Revelation 22 and verse number 6, and we'll read through the end of the chapter, and then we'll take a look at some things out of here. Verse number 6 says, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. 
And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his work, as his work shall be. Uh, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Behold, uh, excuse me, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the, the bright and, and morning star. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst uh, come, and whosoever will, let him take the, the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What first thing I want us to notice here, we see the final blessing. There in verse number 14, Blessed are they that do His commandments, and they that have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, when we initially look at this, it might cause us to squirm a little bit. And the reason for that is because we cannot, in our flesh, do the commandments of the Lord. But thank the Lord, Jesus Christ, He could. He did. He did the commandments of the Lord. And if we are in Him, we have His righteousness. His righteousness is applied to our account. And uh, all we have to obey is the gospel. Believe the gospel. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And if you believe the gospel, you want to live for Jesus. And we'll talk about more more about that a little bit later. But uh, John chapter 6, verse number 40 says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. So make sure that you know the Lord Jesus Christ because only therein will you receive that final blessing. Second thing we see, we see the final invitation. There in verse number 17. And the Spirit and the bride say come. Spirit and the bride say come. And let him that heareth say come. And let him that is a thirst come and whosoever will let him take the water of life freely. Now, understand that up to this point in the Scripture, there have been many different invitations that have been given. Many different invitations. Starting, actually, in the Garden of Eden with man, Adam, and Eve. And I just want to mention a few here, and we're going to go back and look at that first one. When Adam sinned to the Garden, and the Lord gave him an invitation to confess. When the Lord said in Genesis 3, 9, Where art thou? It's not because the Lord couldn't find him. 
The Lord knew exactly where he was. He thought he was hiding from the Lord in the Garden of Eden, but he wasn't hiding. And the Lord wanted him to confess. And of course, when the Lord asked him, Where art thou? We know that he, he did fess up and said, uh, You know, I, uh, I hid from thee because I was naked. And then the Lord had to keep extracting information out of him of what he had done. The Lord wants confession. He wants us to, to confess to him. And so there was that invitation to confess there when man sinned. The psalmist David invited his readers to experience the Lord's goodness in Psalm 34 verse 8. That's an invitation that says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And those of us that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for our salvation, those of us that have tasted of the grace of God, we, we understand that that was a good taste, wasn't it? And the Lord is good. And we are blessed because we have trusted in Him. Then we find in Isaiah 1.18 that the sinful, straying nation of Judah was given an invitation from the Lord to repent and return to the Lord. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Well, we know the end of that. They did not return to the Lord. And thereby there was judgment that came into the land. The Lord Jesus Christ, when He walked the earth, issued a general call to come to Him. We sang about that in the first song that we sang this morning. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30 says, He said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It doesn't matter what burden that you're carrying today, what burden that you came in here with, the Lord invites you to come to Him. and Give Him your burden and give Him your care. It's a, it's a general call for you to come and trust Him. Now here in our text, we see the final invitations of the Holy Spirit and the bride. It said the Holy Spirit of God is saying, come. I want us to turn to, to John's Gospel, chapter number 16. John's Gospel, chapter number 16. And we see that the Lord Jesus Christ said that the Holy Spirit was going to issue an invitation. And John's Gospel, chapter number 16. Let's begin reading verse number 7. Jesus says here, and this is just prior to his uh, crucifixion, he said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now we know that Comforter from the uh, context of other places in the Gospel of John is none other than the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Verse 8, And when he speaking to the Holy Ghost, when He has come, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on Me. Of righteousness because I go to My Father and ye see Me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. So we see the Holy Spirit of God is saying come this morning. He says come because of sin. We know that sin separates from God, doesn't it? When we were born in this world, we were born in sin. We were born separated from God. And uh, the, the Holy Spirit, He convicts us of that sin. He convinces us uh, and reproves us of that sin in our life and shows us our need. 
But he also, he, in addition to showing us our need, he shows us the remedy. He says, come because of Jesus, because of righteousness. Jesus is the only righteous person to ever walk foot on this earth. Man needs righteousness. You need righteousness. I need righteousness. Thank God we got it when we got Jesus. Amen? Without righteousness, you won't see Jesus. You won't go to heaven. But we know that Jesus was righteous and it, His righteousness was shown because He arose from the grave. Not only arose from the grave, He ascended to heaven. And He said He was going to do that. And He is at the right hand of the throne of God right now. And that proves His righteousness. He says, Come also, uh, the Holy Spirit does, because of judgment. We know the prince of the world will be judged. We saw it a few weeks back when Satan is cast into the lake of fire forever and ever to be there. The prince of the world will be judged and so will those that are his children. If you're still a child of the devil, you need to be born again and become a child of God so that you won't suffer the same fate as the prince of, the, of this world. So the Holy Spirit of God is saying come. The second thing it says here is that the bride is saying come. The bride of Christ is his church. We, we are part of the bride. We're, the bride is saying come because she has come to the Lord. You know, those of us that are saved, we know the peace from having come to the Lord Jesus Christ, don't we? Romans 5 verse 1 talks about that peace. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only that, we know the redemption and forgiveness from having come. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In whom, talking about Jesus, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. What a blessing. Again, we know the acceptance before God from having come. Isn't it something that we're accepted of God now? We're not accepted of God because of who we are, because of who Jesus is and that we are in Him. Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. And the Beloved is Jesus Christ. The only way we could ever gain acceptance before God is in Jesus. We know the access we have to God from having come also. That's why we pray. We have access to God. We can come before Him. And come boldly before His throne of grace and find help. Can't we? Romans 5 verse 2 says, By whom also we have access, access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. And Ephesians 3.12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Having believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, gives us not only access, but we have boldness in that access that we know that we can come and pour out our heart to God and know that He listens to us. So the bride is saying, come, because of the access that we know. We know also the many spiritual blessings from having come. Ephesians 1 verse number 3 says, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Though we're aware of many of the spiritual blessings, I'm, I'm convinced that we're going to be uh, discovering and enjoying those blessings that are yet to come uh, forever and ever. We'll discover some more, maybe that we didn't even know we had. So the bride is saying come because she has come. The bride is saying come also because she has been commanded to do so. She's been commanded to go forth and say come. Matthew 28, verse number 18 through 20, we know Christ gave His uh, great commission to His disciples. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. It's also reiterated in Mark 16, 15. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And it's reiterated in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. Before he ascended on high, after his resurrection, he, he told his disciples here, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 1.8 Thirdly, the bride is saying come because she, has, she's, she is constrained. It says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 to 15 For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again. Paul calls it in Romans 12, verse number 1, our reasonable service. Giving of ourselves to the Lord and telling others to come. We, we have the constrain, constraining love of Christ. The word constraineth means uh, compel. The love of Christ for us constraineth us. You know, we, we ought to want to share the love. When we understand Christ's love for us and what He's done for us, we ought, to, we ought to want others to have that. The love of Christ in us constraineth us. We know that Christ loves the sinner. Christ lives in us. And Christ living in us loves the sinner. I mean, it ought to be that way. And our love for, for Christ constraineth us also. Jesus said in John 14, verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. So we see the final blessing. We see the final invitation. And next in verses 18 and 19, we see the final warning. The final warning. Verse 18. Um, verse 18 says here, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. A final warning. I, I believe that this is not only true of the book of Revelation, but I believe it's true of all of Scripture as well, according to Proverbs 30, verse 5 and 6, that says every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. 
Add thou not unto his words, thus lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. We're not to add anything to the Bible. We're, and we're not to subtract anything away from the Bible either. It's sad in our day and time, the proliferation of the, of the uh, uh, different things that people want to call versions of Scripture, but they have left out so many parts and changed so many different parts. Listen, we don't need a, another Bible. We've got one. We don't need another book. You know, we, we don't need a companion book to understand this book. We need the Bible and the Bible alone. Believe only the Bible and believe it all. It is the measure of truth. This is what we measure truth by. If somebody's speaking and they don't speak according to the Word of God, they're liars. <laughs> but if they speak according to this book, that, that shows that they are speaking truth. Then we see the final promise there in verse 7 and also in verse 20. Verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecies of this book. Behold, I come quickly. And in verse 20, says, He which testifies these things saith, Surely I come quickly. So behold, I come quickly, and surely I come quickly. Now, uh, behold means to look and see. And you know, we ought to be able to look and see the things that the Lord prophesied was going to precede His coming uh, and the... Uh, we can already begin to see some of those things come to pass with regard to the, the, His second coming to, to the earth. So, so uh, if those things are happening, we know that those of us that are awaiting the rapture, how close we must be getting to the Lord coming again. Quickly there uh, means shortly. Uh, that is without delay, soon, or, or by surprise. It's going to happen suddenly. We, we don't know the day or the hour, but Jesus is coming. And He's coming largely unexpectedly. And sadly, there are a lot of folks that are in the church that are not looking for His coming. But listen, His coming quickly is good news to those of us that have trusted Him for our salvation. And especially those of us that are looking for His appearing. Are you looking for His appearing? Living for His appearing. You know, He wants us to be living right when He comes to receive us to Himself. And we ought to be loving His appearing. Listen, if you have rejected Him, if you don't know Him, it's a terrible message to those who have rejected Him and are under the condemnation of their sins because of their unbelief. Listen to John 3, verse 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Oh, my friend, how it behooves us to be ready well, whenever He comes, so that we're not caught off guard. We see the final prayer next in verse 20. He which testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Here's the prayer. Even so come, Lord Jesus. We say that a lot of times at the end of the service. Amen. Because we ought, we ought to be praying that prayer. Um, isn't it great that the Bible ends 
with that prayer? I wonder this morning, can you look in the face of heaven today and say, even so come, Lord Jesus? If you can't, listen, there's something wrong. If you can't say that, you need to get where you can say that. Where you are honestly wanting to see Jesus. Amen. And then we see the final benediction. The final benediction, verse 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. There's no greater benediction than that. Have God's grace to be with you. Um, Peter said in uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 10, he says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen you, settle you. I wonder this morning, have you responded to the invitation to come and obey the gospel by believing on God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? If not, my friend, you should come today before it's too late. The Lord is coming again. And when He comes, He will come quickly. There's going to be no, no time to get things right then. Second, that's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 6 two, he says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if you have come to Him for salvation, are you inviting others to come? It's part of what we're to do as the bride. Uh, the Spirit and the bride say come. The spirits will draw them. Uh, but they have to have the Word of God shared with them. The Spirit and the bride say come. Let's do our part and seeing that others come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You this morning.